0: You know, YouTube has has provided a platform, but the reviewers that have built up that audience, that community, has been incredibly valuable. So you've been instrumental in that, no doubt.
1: Dude, thank you, man. I I, I really appreciate that. I remember. Um, well, let's let's jump right into this. So so folks, uh, first of all, welcome. Uh, tonight is is just gonna be a blast. I've got I've got Joshua Valor on the line here. And uh, what's up, guys? Yep, yep. So Josh has been uh, doing the YouTube Hi-Fi thing for, for a little while now, and I've paid attention to what he's been doing, and I it's been neat to see him grow, and um, this is going to be an exciting episode. So for those that are joining us for the very first time, I'm Ron from New Record Day. This is Joshua Valor, and uh, we both do Hi-Fi reviews, okay? Um and what this is, is this is me doing the best that I can to extend an olive branch to different hi fi reviewers to try to build up the community and get the ball rolling and just get, you know, a spotlight on some of these hidden gems out there. And Josh, you are definitely one of those hidden gems. So, yeah. So, so welcome aboard, everybody. We're going to have a, a lot of fun tonight. I've got 10 questions I'm going to be firing off at Josh. And, um, yeah, man, Josh, you ready to, you ready to do this?
0: Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do it.
1: So, before we begin, mm-hmm. I got to tell you that there's a little bit of jealousy here in the, in the air right off the bat. Because yesterday, which was Mother's Day, I decided to take my sweet wife out for dinner. And it, we had a great time. And she was, I was mentioning, I was like, hey, I'm going to have Josh on the show tomorrow. And she's like, Josh, Josh, who's that? I was like, well, I think... There's a good possibility that he is a direct descendant of Paul Bunyan. I think <laughs> that he might have the DNA of a werewolf and maybe even a Viking. And she's like, uh, okay, can I see a picture of him? And I was like, uh. reluctantly, yes. And I was like, this is, this is the guy. And she's like, oh, okay, well, if uh, more chicks were into hi-fi, that guy's channel would be a lot more popular. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to cancel this podcast real quick.
0: <laughs> well, uh, tell, tell your wife. Thanks. Extend uh, my, my gratitude towards your wife. Cause that's, uh, that that's very appreciated. Um, and uh, I, I don't know what to say. I'm sure she's a, a beautiful, lovely person and you're not too bad yourself, if I
1: may say so. Thank you. Thank you. You handsome devil <laughs> Thank you, sir. All right, my friend. So so let's just jump right in the pool. So you... Okay. One of the things that I wanted to fire off right off the bat is in your About section um, on YouTube, it reads the following. It says, I do my best to provide honest, no BS, and reliable information about audio devices, ranging from streaming devices to speakers to headphones. I promote healthy discussions in the comments section. Stick around and hang out. So you've been... As you just mentioned, your channel has been alive since 2015, but realistically, you've been mm-hmm. doing the re- review since, you said, 2017? Uh, yeah, yeah. So my first question is, as you think about what you said when you first started, you know, when you typed in that about section and you look back at the body of all your work, do you feel like you've achieved everything that you set out to? And what does that look like now?
0: Um, well, uh, to be honest with you, I I didn't start really posting audio content expecting it to flourish. Um, it was kind of just something that I happened to be interested in in my personal life and wanted to kind of extend an outreach to people who actually cared because, as you know, this is a very lonely hobby and I didn't know a single individual who cared about, let alone music, but listening to music and then by extension the gear i didn't know a single person who cared about that uh so it was kind of just like me trying to branch out and it got a little bit of traction and you know if you have an intention of succeeding on the platform in some capacity you follow generally what works and very luckily for me it's coincided with what i enjoy doing which is uh listening to well my priority is music, but I also enjoy speakers and, and headphones because it's like it's like seeing a uh, it's like seeing a song through different lenses in a sort of way. Uh, so to sorry, I guess I just didn't answer your question. <laughs> One sec. Um, so I, I didn't really have any strong intentions from the beginning, but once I started realizing that there was growth, um, you know, I wanted to do kind of exactly what you're doing. And, you know, we have our little audio uh, headphone community over with like zero Review and DMS three and metal and myself. Um, but w- you know, with what you're doing where you're reaching out and extending beyond just your spectrum of reviews being speakers. Um, that's something that, that I would love to do as well. And I've, I've admittedly failed in the collaborative aspect of that. Uh, so I haven't achieved everything yet. No, but it's on its way.
1: Awesome, man. That's fantastic. Um, if you don't mind, I want to just jump right into. I promote healthy discussions in the comment section. Like when I re- I read that, I was like, I think if there's anybody out there that can do it, it might be Josh. But I I do want to know before we hop into question, like, how has that gone for you? Because that's that's been a tough one for me. I that's been a tough one for me to be honest with you.
0: Um. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, I have to, you know, tip my hat to my audience. Uh, however small or big it is, it's been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, there are a few bad Apple videos here or there that get, you know, uh, but th- that seems to be more topic based or there's always like specific devices that are controversial. Um, and that's just bound to bring a little bit of, of dislike. But, you know, with the promotion of of healthy discussion, I think the whole like the thing is we're all here because we enjoy some aspect of this hobby we either like listening to the music because we like the beat or we like the fidelity of the symbols you know there's there's a, a massive spectrum of which people care about some aspect of this hobby but it's all about the enjoyment so i think we should promote positivity and you know in the pursuit though of some level of personal perfection also so you know helping your fellow man figuring out you know what exactly uh specific you know what specific headphone or speaker might be good for them um and you know for me i think it's one i've tried my best to stay away from really controversial topics uh like cables and daX and <laughs> you know so we'll get right into the the thick of it i guess yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's been a big part of it because those are things that immediately have a split. You have a section of people who don't believe it all. You have a section of people who will die on that Hill believing in it. And when you get those, you know, it's really binary. Like there's no real in-betweens either that you think they make a difference or you don't. Um, now my personal opinion, if, if anybody cares is, uh, DACs, I mean, obviously a DAC is necessary. Um, if you are taking a digital signal and you have to convert it to play out of a driver of some kind, it has to go through a digital to analog conversion. It just has to. Uh, now, <laughs> the degree at which that stops being noticeable is where I start to really question things, uh, but I also haven't spent a lot of time comparing DACs back and forth. Now, cables. I'm, I'm in the ballpark of like, unless there's something wrong with it, I generally won't believe in a difference, but I'm okay. If you do, I think a placebo is, you know, if it, if it makes you happy, then it's, it might as well operate as if it actually exists. So if it makes you happy, follow it. If it doesn't, then don't worry about it. I'm kind of in that ballpark. What about you?
1: I I can appreciate that. I remember talking to Andrew Jones, and that's pretty much exactly what he said. Because I tried to I tried to get him to say this on camera, and I was like, "Hey, do cables make a difference?" And he, and he said, "Well, if you believe they do, then yeah." <laughs> I was like, "You sly guy, you sly guy." <laughs> but yeah, man, um, that's uh, dude. That's that's. I think what I appreciate about what you just said is the fact that there doesn't need to be a fight about it, right? It's like, well, hey, yeah. if if you want to spend your money and do that, cool, man. If you're actually finding more joy in your system and you're moving things in the right direction and you're actually listening to music, then cool. No problem. Yeah. So, um, let me switch gears a little bit. Now, I remember watching, I remember watching your January 1st video and that that might be my favorite video of yours because I felt I felt like you were actually talking to me, and let me explain that for a second. What you were talking about is like getting better and resolutions, and you were basically like being very transparent about I'm making videos, but I'm making videos just to make videos. You found yourself kind of stuck in this rut and thinking about it over the last year, and you're like, I want to make videos. And... It was cool watching you try to do this on camera. You were, I think you were trying to connect with an audience as a creator, like saying, hey, this is this clay that I've been messing with and I need you to understand the trials and the errors and the, and the challenges. And I'm sitting there listening to it and I'm like, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you're saying right now. And leading into my next question is, bro, you are getting better and better and better. And I don't mean that just from a production standpoint, I don't mean that, which you are, but I think that like holistically, like overall, the way that you're unpacking your reviews and the way that you're actually, I can tell that you are really thinking about how do I tell this story and how do I do it different than I did the last one? How do I make this even better? And I got to say, man, like that is inspiring. And I want to know, like, what's the motivation that keeps that keeps the uh, choo choo train going like cuz that's not easy to do to get back in the saddle and keep doing that over and over and over again
0: mhm um well first i mean thank you very much um you know and uh i i i don't necessarily attribute any sort of uh like understanding or intelligence or Or anything like that over the average person. I think that if you do anything a lot, you're going to get good at it. And I I think I'm okay at it, but I think that perspective of like, just kind of the middle ground is what keeps me trying to go towards the, the better and better. Um, and you know, (laughs) it's part of it is it's just easy to talk about something that I enjoy talking about. So it's not like a, I mean, it is the, the filming and the recording and the making sure that you're not saying anything stupid and, and the listening time, like that all gets kind of, you know, it gets kind of like a grind after a certain amount of time because there's a certain amount of redundancy to it. And that's just unavoidable, right? Like I have to film the B-roll if I want to keep the, the visual standard. But the actual exploration of the headphones is so not a problem for for me to do and then eventually you start thinking in the same capacity that you were thinking about the headphones before and you start using the same terminology in your headphone and then you start to get kind of bored in your own head
1: yeah yeah i'm (laughs) saying the same how many ways can i describe top-end extension yeah right right exactly
0: exactly it's like it is what it is how how many ways are there to say a car goes fast you know um so you know i think I hit limitations when I'm recording and as weird as it sounds, and you probably know this as well, but you end up watching yourself more than anybody else does because you're editing every single video. You're rewatching it before posts, you know, just to make sure you got everything correct. You're scripting it. If you do that, you know, you're, you're thinking about what you're saying while you're listening to it. So it's like if if anybody's going to get bored of what the hell you're talking about, it's yourself. Um, Seriously, uh, the editing is, is really the, the biggest grind. But, um, yeah, I don't I, I don't know. I, I, I look at people like MKBHD who have just an insane quality to their video. And that's, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, uh, Christopher Nolan's storytelling. Like, if I could make every review a mini Christopher Nolan film, I would, but I can't. <laughs> you know, um, and... I I don't know I I don't personally think I'm that good but I do appreciate your your uh, you you know your appreciation of me I guess your compliment I guess yeah so thank you
1: it's recognized even if you don't realize it the fact is I think that you're you're moving at a pace that is very inspiring it's very inspiring to see that so. Keep it going, man. Keep that keep Thanks, that man. choo-choo train going. So, w-
0: what about you? What I, I want to hear your your kind of creative endeavor and, and how you keep going. Because you said you've been doing reviews for five <sighs> years, right?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. So I took a year off. My my mm-hmm. wife and I we did a foster care for a little boy, and um, I I couldn't I couldn't do all of this at the same time because I'm yeah, I'm not doing first,
0: man. Families first.
1: Yeah. So, so there's that. And then I, I do work full time as well. So it gets, this is a balancing act, but um, yeah, since I've been back, it's been, it's been really refreshing, you know? And I feel, I feel like I, it took a little while to kind of figure out my groove again when you're gone for an entire year and you had a certain like way that you've mastered things. And then you come back to that and you're like, well, now this kind of feels old. I got to do something a little new and a little different. Um, so right now I'm kind of really playing catch up and figuring that out and trying to figure out a new formula and how to unpack reviews, but I'm having fun. I mean, it's, Uh, it's good to be back and it's, you're doing a kick-ass job too. Thank you, man. Like, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot to me. It really does. I'm, I'm humbled by that. So thank you. Um, let me ask you, dude, was there in your life, was there, was there a singular event where you're like, oh, oh crap, there it is. I'm an audiophile. Like, was there an actual moment in time where you knew like there's something going on here and what was it? Like, what was that for you?
0: Okay, so I I have to admit something. I'm gonna slightly sidestep the question here. Uh, I personally define myself more of an audio lover than an audiophile. Like, uh, and not to get all definition wise, because I'm a smarty pants or something. No, but, uh, you know, Audiophile is a high fidelity enthusiast by definition. High fidelity is the accurate reproduction of music. Sometimes I love like overly exaggerated bass response or treble response that isn't, you know, ear shattering because the trumpet was recorded from two feet away uh you know even though that may be uh you know high fidelity experience, it's not always enjoyable or it's not always what i want to hear. so I'm more of an audio lover um but regarding gear, I think the first real like defining headphone that I got was an h d six hundred, and that took me from you know uh, i think i had a <laughs> i think I had a razor kraken before and that's not a good headphone just so you know. um but i didn't know that like i just thought oh bass equals better like the general population right i was just a mem- i was just a music loving person of the general population and uh then i think i saw a z review video on the hc600 and i was kind of i was really skeptical about it but then i got it and i was like whoa it's like you know my eyes are just completely opened up to uh this whole new world but uh what about you? What do you've got?
1: So, um, yeah, for me, it was, it was junior high. I I've played guitar for a long time and I was, I was starting to play guitar I was playing like classical guitar and green sleeves and (laughs) ridiculous lame songs. But we, we went over to my parents, my stepdad's house for the weekend, my mom and my stepdad's house. And we were talking at dinner and he's like, Hey, um, like what kind of stuff are you guys playing? And, and I told him, he's like, have you ever heard of Neil Young? Like, do you know who Neil Young is? And I was like, I no, no, I don't. I was at that time smashing pumpkins and Pearl Jam and that whole, you know, scene. But, right. uh, he took me into the living room and he had a, he had a record player, old turntable and nothing, nothing crazy. Right. It was just like one of those typical, like eighties Kenwood, big stereo type things, you know, and. He he dropped the needle on Cinnamon Girl. And I think I just got lucky that I was I was right where I needed to be. Like I was just sitting dead center. And it wasn't intentional. I had no idea what I was doing. But as soon as it started and he juiced it, like he really juiced it, I was just like, wait a minute. There's no speakers in the room. So something happened where things just locked right in for me. And it freaked me out. Like the best way I can describe it is, my, my human response was actually like fear. I was like, what is happening right now? Like I was hearing musicians in the room and that was wacky, you know? So yeah, that was the blood in the water for, for me. I was one and done right then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And speakers are, if you want to impress somebody, that's the way to do it It is a a well set up speaker system. uh, Cause like there's, there's nothing that like there's no replacement for displacement. I'm sure you've heard that before. But uh, it's so true. <laughs> like you just uh once you get that scale and that sound staging and the the fact that you have a physical cabinet with the driver in it that doesn't seem to be making the noise and it's just coming at you like a wall of sound. It's it's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, your whole body is involved in it. I mean, yeah. it's just like everything is happening all at once. So it that this is a, a natural and perfect segue into the next question. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna read this exactly how I wrote it because I, I thought a lot about this and, and this was actually based on one of your reviews where you started talking about soundstage and I wanna hear what you have to say about this. So I'm, I said in this question, one of the main advantages that headphones have over speakers is the elimination of the room and all the challenges, challenges that that brings to the table. At the same time, as we're talking about right now, uh, sometimes the room opens interesting doors to incredible soundstage with speakers and placement. Does this mean that headphones don't have or offer soundstage? And if that's not the case, how would you, Josh, describe the soundstage that a headphone does have to offer?
0: Okay. So the way that I would describe the difference between um, speakers and headphones for the most part is speakers are kind of like being a a part of the audience member with a live band performing in front of you, right? And so you get the, the sense of grandness, you get the sense of scale. Whereas when you're a headphone listener, you kind of get the perspective of the microphone. And a good sound staging headphone will be able to take the perspective of the microphone and really give you a... I'm going to say an auditory visual, (laughs) if that makes any sense at all, but it's going to give you like an, you know, you'll be able to visualize the very, like the two inches away from the microphone and then the 10 feet away from the microphone in your head. And it's all an illusion, just like speakers are. And, uh, but the, the point source from which it begins is a lot more finite, but the outer edge of it is not nearly as good as speakers are. Um, and then the, the sound staging position is different. You know, one starts from the center of your head, if it's good, and extends out to the hard right and hard left, but not really much in front of you. Whereas speakers in a 2 or 2.1 system, uh, it's going to be pretty much exclusively in front of you rather than in your head and to the far right and to the far left. Um, but it, I guess it really just depends on how good the illusion is, because there are certainly headphones with better imaging than certain speaker, I'm sorry, better soundstage than certain speakers. And there's definitely speakers with better soundstage than certain headphones. Uh, so it depends on the room, the environment. Um, that's how I would describe the difference, but you know, if you're going for real life, equivalent speakers of where it's at.
1: Hit us with your best shot tubes versus solid state analog versus digital. What do you got?
0: Okay. All right. So I'm going to tackle tubes versus solid state first. Um, I think that <laughs> tubes can be a lot of fun, but they are an imperfect solution. But that can be what you're chasing after. Now you, you know you can like the tube sound, and that's perfectly okay. Uh, and not everybody likes solid state sound; that's perfectly okay. But if you're going for absolute accuracy, I think solid state is the superior option, and tubes is uh, you know falls a little bit behind in that category, but. On certain headphones or circumstances, on certain speakers, even um, tubes can sound even better than solid state. Uh, now, <laughs> digital versus analog. Um, I, I was thinking about this question, and I want to approach this from a couple different perspectives. Uh, there are, th- they're almost, almost different products as in like for completely different, uh, you know, they they're one is, is a tangible thing, right? You get an experience with it. You, you know, have this almost holistic kind of, uh, ritual to like cleaning a record, you know, placing it, listening it through side A and then side B. And there, there's something kind of, you know, method, uh, methodologi- methodology, methodology, <laughs> methodology, <laughs> whatever that term is. Uh, there's something kind of, you know, there, there's a method to it. Uh, there's the smell of it. There's the feel, there's the tangibility of having an actual item in your hands. There's the going to your local record store and finding the album that you've been searching for for five years. That's not something you will ever experience with digital. It just won't happen. Um, but digital was, you know, has its own benefits like repeatability and you know it doesn't get dust on it it doesn't crack it doesn't scratch uh it doesn't get lost in your boxes um and you know there's also the immediacy of like when i want to play a song like five minutes before i have to get ready to go that's a lot harder for me to do on vinyl than it is on digital um, now the other perspective that i wanted to cover was the, <laughs> the potentials of each side. So with vinyl and you know, people can argue till the day they die about which one has more information. Uh, but the, the truth about vinyl is that it is a physical medium and any physical medium has a, whether we've reached it or not, it does have a boundary to which more information cannot be stored. On that surface, um, and that's due to either the material, the machining, um, the stylus—you know—anywhere in that line, the the actual physical barrier will be the issue. With digital, though, there's not really an upper limit to how much information can be stored. In twenty years, we might be able to have a single song that is twenty terabytes of auditory information. Uh, and so, as a as a as an absolute correct, you know, if we're going with the audiophile way, I think if digital is not there already, it has a far greater potential. But again, it's almost like a different product. Um, you know, it's there. There's a lot of tangibility to to vinyl that is never going to be surpassed by digital. But I'd love to hear your thoughts because I think you're on the opposite side, right?
1: Actually actually, um I think you did a great job um so here's the thing like i so i'm I'm forty right and i I grew up listening to digital uh, my entire life i I listened to digital and um hence you know new record day you would think like what what the heck what is going on here is it is it strictly vinyl um, New record day started the official start of new record day was. Going to track my journey of moving from digital into vinyl and to kind of like be some kind of really, yep. It was going to be like some kind of a blog of what it's like to experience vinyl. And, um, I got lucky because I, a good friend that got me into vinyl is incredibly knowledgeable about vinyl. And I think that there is a risk with vinyl today that a lot of kids are just going in and buying anything off the shelf, and what they're actually buying is digital that's on vinyl and (laughs) yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. Not a truly analog, uh,
1: pressing. Exactly. And, and don't get me wrong. Some of those, some of those pressings can be really good and they can sound fantastic. I'm not trying to poo poo all of it because that's, that would be, (laughs) that's not true. So everybody calm down. Don't, Don't, you know, um, but I'll say this. So what it allowed me to do, what analog good analog vinyl allowed me to do was experience records that I missed out on my entire life. So it allowed me to kind of backtrack and go go back and start listening to a lot of the stuff that I enjoy. A lot of it is classic rock. Um, and hearing it for the very first time, the way that it was, you know, recorded, the way that it was mastered from tape, straight to, you know, straight to a record. And to be able to experience that Well, it was exactly as you illustrated before, it was an experience. And what it did for me in my habits, at least at that time, is it it caused me to slow down and stop thinking about skipping tracks and actually listen to the entire record all the way through, you know? Yeah. So pretty soon I I found myself treating music differently because of vinyl. I wasn't yeah. consuming it, right? I was actually trekking through all of these records and listening to records that I had from my parents and friends that were donated to me and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And that's that's my whole thing with with vinyl. I, I don't I mm. I think that there are times where it it is superior in the context of how was it recorded, how was it mastered, and what was it intended to do. And I feel the exact same way when it comes to digital, right? So Mm. if the artist recorded it digitally, and they mastered it with the intention that it was going to be digital, there's times where I prefer that format. So
0: yeah, it's almost romantic too. like the the whole vinyl situation. It's like there's, there's such a, I don't know, it's that tangibility factor. And the ritualistic nature and it, another thing that i think vinyl offers that is i mean digital i'm sorry cds did for a little bit but now we've kind of moved away from cds but you know vinyl records usually come with information about the artist or the songs or you know a story that was told and uh, it kind of forces you to look at the music as more than just what you're hearing you know there's a a lot of times there's stories about what the music is about and it may have you know really kick-ass beat and you know and uh tone to it that you may really enjoy but sometimes there's also a deeper meaning to the music that you would never know if you didn't read what's on the inside of that that record and uh that just makes that song that album so much more engaging entertaining and uh that's you know, that's something that all that information can usually be found on digital, but there's a there's a process to vinyl and that process is, in my opinion, irreplaceable.
1: Yeah. Amen. Perfect. Um, I want to talk about cables and the way that I want to set this up is I want to know if I'm wrong about this, but I. I've noticed this with the headphone community in general. And I don't know if I'm just, if my my feeler is just way off. So please let me know. But it seems to me that. For sure. Way off. Ron, you. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. And that's a wrap. Um, (laughs) Peace. (laughs) So. It seems to me that aftermarket cables, um, and I don't know where this started, maybe like the 600 line where you could like take the cable out. I don't know when that happened with headphones and when that became like the norm with, with headphones, but it seems to me that the acceptance of aftermarket cables, it's just, it's more accepted with the headphone community, whereas you jump into the, you know, the speaker side of things and it's just like, well every, everybody's on on the, on the floor fighting, you know, nobody it's like chaos. And so I'm wondering, is it that way or am I off? Like, do you all are like, yeah, you know, cables, cables can make a difference. And if you want to do that, then that's cool. Like everybody seems peaceful about it. Am I crazy or what? Um,
0: so (laughs) I think there's a couple different perspectives and, uh, I want to make it very clear to the people who are listening. Uh, my, actual knowledge on this is very limited compared to some other aspects of audio. So I'm talking with what I know, but it could be flawed. But to my understanding, there's been no reliable measurements that show that cables make a difference, save for the exception that there is actually something wrong with one of the other cables. Like, you know, it's not connecting properly or it's, yeah, it's broken in some capacity. Uh, Now, regarding (laughs) regarding the speaker versus headphone, uh, issue, I think the problem is that for the most part, it's really uncommon to see a headphone cable over about $200. If it's over that, you know, people tend to get their their panties in a twist and, uh, and, uh, but it's very uncommon. Whereas like the amount of cables and speakers that are over $200 is just, it gets crazy. Yeah, um but uh so I think you know the price difference is one factor. I mean I was at Armaf which I don't know if you're going but if you are we we should definitely uh, hang out this year. But um uh you know some of the cables at Armaf were literally the the cost of a house. And that's that to me is like okay that you know <laughs> it's a little nuts. But um regarding the toxicity about it uh, I don't know if I'm in the right uh, position to really give you a solid answer because I'm not making proclamations that they do anything at all on my channel. And, uh, I do support high quality, like build quality, of course, but sound quality. Eh.
1: Yeah. Okay, cool. Dude, that's, that's fair. Um, okay. So I want to know, uh, talk a little bit about, uh, headphones. And what I want to know is what's been, What's been one of the more surprising headphones? You get a headphone in and you're like, eh, okay, I guess I'll review this one, and then it blows your mind. Like it, it gave you so much more than what you thought. Is there a headphone out there that you can think of right off the top of your head that was like, wow, I didn't see this coming? Uh,
0: cost KSC seventy fives.
1: Are those like yeah. little, like, like little cheapy retro looking guys? I think I remember. <laughs>
0: Completely. Yeah. That's them. Or like the cost Porter pros. Yeah. yeah. one. They're like 15 to $20. They look, they look like ass. Let's be real. <laughs> they look awful, but they sound flipping amazing. Like they'll, oh yeah. The sound staging, you look at them and if, if somebody offered them for free, I would actually reject them if I didn't know what they did. I'd be like, mm, I'm a headphone guy. Thanks. <laughs> but, uh, and they're not comfortable at all. And the build quality is, is crap, but they do offer a lifetime warranty. Uh, but that headphone is renowned by headphone enthusiasts around the world.
1: How, how much, so, it, how that, much, how much are these things? Oh, they're like 15 bucks. Okay. They're super cheap. Okay. <laughs> but they,
0: they hit way above their price range. It's, it's amazing.
1: That's awesome, man. Okay, cool. Perfect. That's fantastic. What, what about
0: you? Same question back at you.
1: For for what? Like what, like speakers or anything? Both. Anything, anything. Oh, hell's bells. Well, I mean, ELAC, Andrew Jones, like really kind of crapped in a lot of everybody's cereal in terms of manufacturers when he, he did the whole ELAC thing. I mean, he, he definitely messed with some people. And I think that that original debut was kind of just like that mic drop moment in terms of just, whoa, what, what the heck's going on? So. Absolutely needed, by the way, the speaker prices
0: were way too high. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off there.
1: (laughs) No, no, he, yeah. In fact, Joey and I were just talking about this. It's like he, there was a disturbance in the force and everybody knew it. And they're like, oh hell, here comes Andrew, you know? And he, that for me was, was really exciting to see that. And, um, I've been, I've been thrilled to watch that kind of progress and I'm excited to see where that continues to go. So that would be definitely one that was a, a big moment in hi-fi without a doubt.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I haven't, I I haven't had the pleasure of listening to them, but I'd really like to, but uh, I do know that people say they're incredible. So usually where there's smoke, there's fire.
1: Yeah, dude. Well, let's take a second. Now, I know that you you have done a couple speaker reviews. I don't know how many you have under your belt, but do you think that that is like, we're going to stop messing around with headphones and do, <laughs> do some more speakers? Is it of interest to you? You're like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm down to do some some speakers. Is that something you want to do? Uh,
0: absolutely. Um, the, the only issue that I personally fall into with speakers is the variation of room acoustics and how important that is, uh, on a speaker. Cause you can have a great speaker in a bad room and it's not going to sound good and a bad speaker in a good room and it's going to sound great. Um, and so closing those variables, which I don't have to worry about with headphones, but closing those variables is very difficult to do for me in a review. So I want to be able to tell a person that a speaker or a headphone is great um, and have them get it and it be great. Not, Oh, it didn't work on my room. So I try and be selective, um, with like the circumstances that I put myself in and explicitly state that in the reviews, but it is definitely something that I, I want to, uh, expand upon in the future.
1: Got it. So are you thinking like small? I want to spend just a minute on this because you're inspiring me right now. So are you thinking like more like desktop style, like smaller, easier to manage in a smaller space type environment? Is that kind of what would be ideal for you?
0: Um, pretty much just around the spectrum of bookshelf, uh, maybe a tower, but like I'm in an apartment, I can't have like the full size, real full spectrum speakers, you know, I'd love to though, but I can't. <laughs> And the girlfriend, you know.
1: Yeah, I'll uh, after the show, I'll I'll introduce you to some people and some ideas that I already have that that might might be able to make something like that happen for sure. That would be it'd be cool to see you do that and and to Sweet. give that Thank a shot. You. Yeah, totally, man. Um, okay, so perfect perfect segue. We've been talking about um, you know disturbances in the force and good value, and this leads into uh, the next question, which is I think centered around this: how. And the heck do we get new kids, the new crowd into hi-fi and, you know, from, from your perspective, do you think that what we're doing reviewing on YouTube is necessarily better than magazines or it has the advantage in that arena? What's your, what's your take on all that?
0: Um, so I kind of, (laughs) I, it depends on how young we're talking about because, uh, like when you're getting to my age, cause I'm 23, 25 and below tends to ruin everything. They attach themselves to, <laughs> <in all laughs> we honesty. don't, we
1: don't want like, them in hi-fi. Get out of here. <laughs> exactly.
0: We, we don't necessarily. Um, and then, you know, cause this is the age, like my age, it's the prime age of, um, diving into something head first and getting burnt out way too quick. Um, and, that, you know, that that's person to person. But I think as a whole, I think, you know, we should, instead of forcing it down everybody's throats, I like the idea of, you know, the growth naturally occurring. And with YouTube, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it, but there's, including mine, but there's headphone channels, speaker channels that are popping up out of the blue, out of nowhere. And there's a ton of them. Um, so I think it is growing and YouTube brings in a younger audience. I'm not sure what your age demographic is primarily made up on YouTube, but mine is 20 to 30 years old, Um, like 40 something percent. And then another 25 to 30 percent is 30 to 40. So it's on the younger spectrum. Um, And I think that's just because that's YouTube's uh, age demographic as a whole. Uh, And also it's all, you know, what we really need to capitalize on, though, is getting females in because I have a 99.9% male audience, according to YouTube's demographics. <laughs> um, but you know, g- getting the more, more of the people in and to, to address some of the, um, uh, to, I didn't mean to sidestep the question too much, uh, but I, I think getting them into a friendly environment is more important than getting a massive amount of people into it in general. Right. We want to create an in inviting welcoming experience where hey it isn't about whether you're right or I'm right it's about you know how much fun did you have with that and uh, you know this is what I what I was checking out and it sounds incredible like you with the Elac speakers like I, I'm more pumped to hear Elac speakers now that I've talked to you about it than I was just knowing they exist and know everybody loves them like talking to a, a person who has a seasoned kind of uh, ear, and has something to compare it to mentally to where you've heard, you know, I don't know how many speakers you've probably heard hundreds maybe at this point. Um, and so for you to sit there after a hundred plus speakers and say, Hey, Elax kick some ass, you know, for me, that's awesome. So uh, as long as we can get that type of, and this is the promotion of what you were talking about earlier with, you know, promoting healthy discussion in the comment section, that's what it's all about. You know, it's, it's about finding a way to where, You know, the people who are entering it are having maximum enjoyment in the hobbies so that they stay the longest and they're the most positive. And uh you know, positive positivity in this community makes everything better. It makes the experience better, makes the products better, usually makes the prices better too. (laughs) Not always, (laughs) but sometimes. But uh what about you? What do you have any any opinions or or um kind of methods to draw them in.
1: I got to stop you right there. Everybody, I hope you just listen to what this man said because man, that is, I got to tell you, No, it is a <laughs> bunch <laughs> of, <laughs> so maybe there is a chance the fact that, um, you know, so I went to Expona, uh, the most recent Expona and my, mm. my flight was canceled. And so I was stuck mm. in Chicago for two days. And so I'm held up in this hotel alone for two days and i have nothing to do and i just started getting sentimental about hi-fi because i just finished a show and i was like it was all of this stuff was running through my head and this is actually where the birthplace of this idea of reaching out to different hi-fi you know reviewers came from that's where it stemmed from was in those moments of just thinking about all this stuff but i i was thinking about what you just said and i was like Man, we need to stop being dicks. Like we need to stop being. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Don't how? Be a dick, dude.
0: Seriously, it's like, like it's like a good rule of thumb for life. It's not just hi-fi. Just don't be a dick.
1: Yeah. Like, hey, <laughs> just be freaking nice, you know? And it's like I I posted a, a a video. Uh, It was a video that I did while I was in the hotel, and um, at the end of it, that's kind of what I I highlighted is like we focus too much on the damn gear and we, we don't focus enough on the experience, like the story, like what, what is it that we like about what it is that we're hearing? Like if you say that to somebody, well then you have something to connect with, you know, it's not about my headphones rule and yours suck and you don't know what the heck you're talking about. It's just, you know. this is what I'm getting. This is what I'm hearing. This is what I like. What do you hear? And shut your damn mouth and let them talk, you know? And it's like, right. Let, let the experience tell the story. And I, dude, I, I I completely agree with everything you just said. I mean, that's exactly how I feel about it. So,
0: that's good, man. That's good. Cause, uh, I, I think, you know, I think positivity breeds positivity. And, you know, when you start having a good time, like my, some of my best reviews are, you know, despite viewership count, uh, cause, you know, that's a toss up. But, uh, you know, some of my best personal videos are me having a good time with what i'm talking about whether i'm hating on the product or not you know whether i'm enjoying the product or not it's it's me feeling engaged with the discussion in a in a positive light um or like not to name a specific company in review but like the jade 2 video you know that was a very uh uh it wasn't difficult in the sense that like i was questioning whether or not to do it it was just like, all right, I know this is going to suck, but I really believe in what I'm saying because even though I don't recommend this, I'm, I feel like I'm doing it for the right reason. So as long as you're putting something towards a positive twist, oh, and just so everybody who's listening is uh, the right reason uh, or my, my logic for the right reason to dislike a headphone is, or that specific headphone was because if I tell you that the company, as a reviewer, if I tell you that that headphone is great and you go and buy it and you don't like it, the company doesn't know that you don't like it. They think that you just bought a product and if a bunch of people do that, the company ends up thinking that whatever they were doing was a good thing because all they see is sales numbers. So when I tell you not to buy something, uh, one, I think that helps garner a little bit of uh, appreciation for the honesty of myself as a reviewer and my integrity but it also allows the company to sit back at product sales and go all right this isn't selling why you know what do we need to do to fix this and that in turn you know in the long term helps make better products and better products help companies make money they help uh the you know the customers usually save money usually products go down in price um usually uh, and it also helps the end result of just having a better reproduction of music, which is w- something that every audiophile, audio lover is chasing after. There's always are. Uh, so sorry to go off on that tangent there.
1: Dude, no, you 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 actually led right into the last question we're going to dive into. And we'll kind of circle back around to these comments and just kind of explore this a little bit more. But um, that was great. So let's, let's set that to the side for just a minute. I want to ask you we're on number nine right now I want to ask you this so um in general and i think this is like a large landscape i don't think this is specific to your guys community the headphone community even though the truth is like you said in the opening we're it's all the same community but there is a lot of negativity like there is whether it's you know um you know the hype reviews and everything's positive and everybody's happy or if it's uh you know like snake oil topics, um, it's just stained with a lot of negativity, you know, when it comes to being an audiophile or whatever the heck this is. My question for you is like, how, how, how do you, how do you see that from your vantage point? How does that, what does that mean to you as a reviewer? And what is, what is this, what does this mean as we move forward as reviewers and YouTube and trying to do this and to move this in a more positive or in the right direction? How, how do we do this?
0: Um, I think what you said about the right direction is probably the better path than necessarily the most positive one. Um, cause the right direction includes good and bad, right? It includes positive and negative feedback. Um, and one of the things that I tried to preach over at my channel is the acceptance of others opinions about what they like and don't like um for example some people love HD 800s i'm not a huge fan of them personally uh but that doesn't disregard their opinion of that headphone to me like i'm not i'm not sitting there arguing whether or not it's a good reference i just say hey i don't really like it that much you do that's cool like is your opinion um and so I think the acceptance, I mean, I, I guess this is, you know, you could broaden this to just about any topic, uh, but the acceptance of other people's appreciation for a certain aspect of a headphone is, you know, something that's really important. Like you and I, we may agree on, uh, you know, a few pairs of speakers here and there, but in general, I'm betting that we have different. Uh, you know we have a different totem pole of priorities for what makes a speaker good so i may rate a speaker eight out of ten you may re- rate it a four out of ten and vice versa um but and i think there's a little i think this goes into a bigger issue with anonymity of the internet to where like you as a person i can you know and knowing you as a person over these last 24 hours it's been great <laughs> uh, you know i can see your opinion and still appreciate it from your perspective because i understand you but when you get into the anonymity of the internet you start just seeing some random comment from this random dude saying this headphone or the speaker sucks and it and then you know especially if they don't explain why it's very hard to put a positive twist on that you know or engage that person in discussion uh so I don't know how we can do a massive overhaul, but you know, we definitely have to do our part, whether that, you know, results in a net change or not. Who knows? Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't, but it certainly doesn't help to not try. Yeah.
1: Well, that's my perspective, dude. I like, amen. That's exact. That's perfect. Actually. Um, I like what you said, like it's about doing it right, you know? And it's like, sometimes that, um, that isn't comfortable, right? I mean, that's not super, super fun to get on there and try to, cause you want to be, you want to be fair, right? You want to be like, well, let's not go so over the top on this part that everybody freaks out and loses their mind. <laughs> and, you know, they think that you're crapping all over this product and you're not. You're, you're, your job is to describe how it sounds, right? And you and to do the best mm-hmm. job that you can. And sometimes that's not easy. So it, it, it does lead into the very last and final question. And um folks, I want to pause here for a minute because uh even though Josh did not ask me to ask this question, we had a conversation earlier where he's like, hey, man, I'm not afraid. Like if we want to kind of get into the weeds a little bit. I'm cool with that, and so the reason why I'm mentioning this is I think that this is disarming, and it shows um, Josh's heart in this, and it shows who he is as a reviewer, so... Um that means a lot. It means a lot to me. You can't
0: you can't tell them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Ron, the check is in the mail. Stop, man. Um (laughs) exactly. Exactly. That's
0: payment one of three. Okay.
1: (laughs) So last question. So let Mm. let's let's do this. So sometimes, and I think you're gonna agree that sometimes it does feel like it's a us and them type of a situation between us and the manufacturer. So what I mean by that to set this up is they They set out to make a product, and in their mind, they ended up with an airplane, right? And so you get this, and you review it, and you discover that it's actually a glider. And so you're like, okay, it flies, but it's not an airplane. So what do you do? Like, have you experienced this? I mean, obviously, we've been talking about the Jaden. I haven't watched that review, so I'm going to watch that after this, but... Have you experienced that? And how do you as a reviewer, like, how do you navigate that and, and do that? Wouldn't it be so much easier just to be like, no, everything's great. Everything's fantastic. Everything's lovely, you know, and, and what's the dangers in doing that versus, as you said, doing the right thing.
0: Uh, well, it certainly would be quote unquote better for me to be positive about everything. Uh, as everybody knows, say it in every description of every video, um, I use affiliate links. And so I get a kickback of, of, you know, the sales that you make on Amazon and Mastrop And, uh, and I think those are the only two affiliations that I or affiliate programs that I'm into. And so for me to tell everybody that every headphone is great, uh, I mean, it's, it's hard to say. Um, one perspective is like, you know, you could have a, a good enough turnover to where you net, more in the end than if you were honest about everything. And then the perspective that I personally align with is like, you may buy one headphone from me based off of my recommendation. uh, But if it sucks, you're never going to come back. And so it's beneficial from multiple perspectives for me personally to have, you know, an, an honest review. Now, aside from that, Uh, you know, and, and that's taking all morality out of it, but that's, you know, that's a much deeper conversation and that wasn't really the point of the question. Um, but one of the, one of the aspects that I personally set up and how I navigate the, uh, company versus reviewer field is I will do kind of a courtesy, uh, email to them before I post a bad review. So uh, for full transparency, I won't say exactly what I said, just because uh, it was kind of relevant to to the situation, but I'll give you the TLDR of what I said to uh, Heifman, for example, which I want to make a big disclaimer. They make a lot of amazing headphones. Just the one we're talking about just wasn't that, wasn't that good. Um, and I will let them know like, hey, you know, you did me a courtesy of sending this out for a review and you didn't have to. It is somewhat of an exchange. You would get viewership, but so do I. But you certainly didn't need to do it. And odds are I probably would have ended up reviewing it at the end of the day anyways from a viewer. But I'll give them a courtesy email just saying like, hey, I don't like this headphone. I'm not going to give it a good review. Uh, if you would like to take the headphone back and have me not post it, that's fine. But if it comes up on its own again, I will review it. Uh, and I'll, you know, I'll send them that courtesy. Cause it's like, you know, it's kind of like borrowing a friend's car. And if it drives like shit, you know, if they ask you if it drives, how it drives, you don't want to lie to them. But if, you know, if they're doing you a favor, you you also don't want to shit down their throat after they did that. That doesn't end in, you know, a good result for anybody. Um, but one of the things that when I sent, I, I, emailed a number of companies first before they contact me and in my opening statements in the email i talk about uh that the you know basically the honesty of the review comes first and foremost uh but if, if it's not working out i'll definitely let them know now luckily i've been um fortunate enough to work with some great brands that i have never had them try to influence me to say anything good or bad and I make this disclaimer in every video. I think it, my exact verbiage is uh, uh, I want to thank such and such company for sending this out. They haven't paid, asked, or otherwise tried to influence me to say anything good or bad about their product. And every time I say that, even though I have forgotten a couple of times, but every single review that I've done for a company, has that's been completely honest. Um, so it's difficult, though. I mean, it, it for sure can feel sometimes that like, oh, if I give this. A bad review, like that company will probably never work with me again. And uh, that's why the solution that I think Z was the first to come up with it, but having uh, people like viewers send in products for reviews, much cheaper and easier for headphones than it is speakers. Uh, but that solution, or having a company uh, like Mastrop, which I personally really enjoy working with because I ask for things, they can tell me, or, you know, they tell me whether or not. They can send it. And if they do, they have zero limitations. I don't even have to review it. They just are like, Hey, check it out, review it. If you want to review it. And, uh, I love that freedom. I would not sacrifice that freedom. Uh, but like I told you yesterday, I think it was yesterday that we talked about this, uh, and sorry, I'm being a little chatty Kathy, like you like to call it. (laughs) Uh, um, one of the, um, My main focus, my main employer, my main, uh, you know, my loyalties lie with my audience because at the end of the day, that's going to be the platform that sustains me is going to be the audience that watches me and the audience that watches you whenever you go full-time, you should, uh, get working on that by the way. (laughs) Um,
1: Um, but,
0: uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
1: No, no, I, I was, uh, So just fresh in my mind, uh, Joe from Joe and tell, if you're familiar with him, he said the trust with my audience is not for sale. And I think that that's exactly what you're saying is like, that's, it's the most important thing. You, if you don't have that, then what, what the heck are you doing? You're wasting your time.
0: Yeah. Audience trust is paramount. Um, just simple as that.
1: Awesome. Josh, you, uh, you stepped up to the plate, you called your shot, you hit it out of the park. What a what a great evening to be able to hang out with you folks. Um, please check out Josh's channel. I'll leave the links down below. Josh, you're on Patreon, right?
0: Uh, I am, but okay. make sure you subscribe to uh, the new record day because <laughs> yeah, uh, the channel is some high quality stuff, higher quality than mine. Oh and come he's putting on All now. this together, so. Uh, support him on Patreon. If he has, if not, just hit the subscribe button, leave a like comment on this video because it actually does help him with the YouTube algorithm. And, uh, you know, these podcasts need to definitely be a more prevalent thing and he deserves a lot more credit than he gets.
1: Thank you, man. I I appreciate that, dude. Thank you for your time. I definitely do. Uh, man, what a, what a great evening. And, uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. All right. Thanks guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye.